Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah, love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Huh? Uh-huh. My phone, because I got the Bible on my Harvest app. Let's say it together, church. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. I want you to go. This is the theme scripture we've been using throughout this series, 2 Corinthians 3 and 2. It's the Apostle Paul. Apostle, Greek word apostello means sent. We'll say he was sent to do a special job. Sometimes you can't send somebody regular to do something. you got to send somebody with a special set of skills. So Paul had a special set of skills, so he was gifted as an apostle, an apostolo. That's the same gift I have, one that's sent on a specific mission. 2 Corinthians 3, 2. So the apostle Paul's right into the Corinthian church, and watch what he tells them. We've looked at this verse. Look at what he tells them. You are our epistle. Say letter. Say story. He said, and you're written in our hearts, which means your story's probably not chronicled anywhere, uh, but you can tell it to somebody. Known and read by who? All man. Touch your neighbor and say, I've been reading you. Say, I've been studying you. Say, I want to tell you how proud I am of how you've handled all of the drama this year has brought you. And tell them, say, it's only up from here. Say, it only gets better from here. Would you celebrate if you believe what you just prophesied to you? Now, touch somebody else. Say, somebody else was watching you. Say the enemy was watching you and he didn't think you were going to make it. Say, but, but you did anyhow. Say, he thought you were going to give up, but you kept on fighting. Say, tell him that. 
Say, run tail at. Would you give God praise for your neighbor? I said, would you give God praise for your neighbor making it through some stuff that hell thought they wouldn't be able to get through and the enemy thought was going to take them down. But they're still standing and they're still thriving. Speak now in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. We are in week three, the sixth message of this series called This Is My Story, which asks the question, what's yours? That question is dissolved, uh, designed rather to make us see where our story has been so we can evolve where it's going. If you want your life to improve, start asking better questions. The quality of your life is commensurate to the quality of your questions. If you do not ask quality questions, you will not have a quality life. Now say, I have a story that I must evolve. Now, for your story to evolve, that means it's going from the inferior to the superior. At the end of the day, every story is going to have mountaintops, it's going to have valleys. Every story is going to have ups, it's going to have downs. Every story is going to have betrayal. Every story is going to have drama. In fact, that's what makes us watch TV shows. You know why certain folk are addicted, and they had no business talking about other folks being addicted to drugs and alcohol, because they are addicted to scandal, and addicted to how to get away with murder, and addicted to empire, and addicted to this, that, and the other, and the good wife, and the bad wife, and the crazy crazy wife and she ain't got nobody and all is here. But, but watch this. It's because of the drama in the story. It is because of the twists and turns in the story. I'm going to tell you, God says he's been using the good, the bad, and the ugly of your life as a story. And that's why it needed some ups. It needed some downs. It needed some twists. It needed some turns. It needed some drama because somebody else needs to look at that and they don't need to turn their head at the good part. I'm going to announce to somebody tonight that you're about to get into the good part. Yeah, yeah, because you were able to survive the worst part. So it's time for the chapter to change. It's going into the good part. Would you lay your hands and prophesy out to yourself? Say, I'm stepping into the good part of my story. Yeah, cried enough tears, dealt with enough drama, dealt with enough posers, dealt with enough fakers, dealt with enough. I'm ready for my story to change. Watch this. Our stories are an example for other people of what to do and oftentimes what not to do. And in fact, the majority of the Bible, think about it, the names in the Bible are not just there so that we can identify a writing that they uh, uh, took part in, that the Lord divinely inspired them to write. No, their names are there to show us that the God is using the lives and the stories of others to teach us some lessons. Now, on Sunday's message, we extracted a very powerful life-giving lesson from the children of Israel. And if you weren't here Sunday, you need to get Sunday's message. Uh, now, in Psalm 78, one of the chief musicians, his name was Asaph. What's his name? Uh, he tells uh, the story of the children of Israel, and uh, the scandal starts to be revealed. We're going to look at a few verses. I want to take a little bit more time to dissect these verses tonight uh, because you'll understand just how the children of Israel, how they did not maximize the twists and turns in their stories. In fact, they made it worse. There are certain things in your life that aren't the devil. They are you. There are certain things that aren't the enemy, they are you. There are certain problems you face that aren't anybody else, they are you. And so for your life to get better, you're going to have to get better. Everywhere you look, there you are. So in order for your circumstances to change, you've got to change first. Psalm 78 and 8. Uh, actually, let's start up in verse 1. we got a little bit more time now. Psalm 78 and 1. We're going to go verse by verse. Here it is. He says, give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Now, what is he saying? He says, uh, listen. He says, I need you to listen. Just him say, listen. listen. Look at me. The number one problem with most people is they do not listen. They interpret. 
A lot of your failures because you're interpreting what you're supposed to be listening to. And God is not interested in your interpretation of nothing. Only in American Christianity do you get to tell God what you're going to do. That ain't biblical Christianity. And biblical Christianity, God says, this is what you're going to do. This how you're going to do it. This when you're going to do it. And if you don't like it, bye, I'll get another. And I don't know about you. I don't want him to say, boy, bye. I want him to say, son, come here. I don't want him to get somebody else to do what it was I was sent to the earth to do because I wouldn't listen long enough so that I could be used effectively. Touch your neighbor say, listen. Verse 2. It says this. Come on, verse 2. It says this. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Roll with me. Which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come uh, the praises of the Lord and his strength of his wonderful works that he's done. Stay on verse 4 for a moment. Go back to verse 4. We won't hide them from our children. Look at me, parents. Let me, let me just throw this out there. You pretending like you got it together, and you pretending like you've always had it together, and you pretending like you didn't used to have some crazy days, it's not helping your children. You're hurting your children. In the scripture, they would rehearse their stories to their children. So they would go through their stories and say, son, this happened this time. This happened this time. Son, here's how I fail. Here's how I messed this up. Here's how I messed this up. Watch out for this because this is after our bloodline. Watch out for that kind of man because that kind of man got your mama, her mama, my mama, they mama, everybody mama. Watch out for that kind of woman because they always come in a blue dress. Y'all not saying nothing. He, he said, you, you need to rehearse our story. So they told their children, stop hiding your story thinking you're helping. In fact, the strong people will tell all their story and say, listen, the reason I'm telling it is so you ain't got nothing to hold over my head, number one. And number two, I don't have nothing to have any regrets over. That was then and this is now. I did that, 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 and it's a whole bunch you didn't know nothing about that he kept me through. But I am the redeemed of the Lord and let the redeemed of the Lord say, so you can't hold it against me because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are made new. Stop your neighbor and say, don't you be ashamed of your story. Yeah, you used to be a ho-ho-ho, but now God has made some changes. Don't you sit there and look at me like you ain't had some drama, like you ain't had some issues, like you ain't been this, that, and the other, but God. I need somebody in Wednesday Night Live that knows there's a but God that exists to give them a shout right there. Too many Christians are scared of their story as if you pretending to be perfect is helping somebody. Ain't nobody got it all together. Ain't nobody perfect except Jesus. And even Jesus has some days he wanted to cuss. But I'm glad that the blood has the ability to wash me. And the blood has the ability to rewrite my story. Be seated, verse, verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob. Now, Jacob got a bad rap. He was called a trickster, and that's not what his name meant. His name meant a supplanter. To supplant means to reach higher because you reach too low. So people around him said he was too aggressive, but they were too passive. So what does the scripture say? He made a testimony. In other words, God says, I knew Jacob was going to go through some stuff. Remember, Jacob's name became changed and turned to what? Israel. He said, I know Jacob is going to go through some stuff, but his life is going to be a testimony because this is his story. And Jacob's story is actually part of my story, God says. Which means what makes me a great God is I could take somebody like Jacob and turn him into somebody called Israel. 
what makes our God great is he can take people like us. Okay, maybe you're too bougie to tell the truth. But what makes our God great is he can take zeros and turn them into heroes. He can take nobodies and turn them into somebodies. He can take those that were at the bottom and make them the top, those that were the tail and make them the head. That's what makes him great, verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make known to their children. See, he says you need to tell them because if you don't tell them, they'll fail like you. Next verse, that, to, uh, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and may not be like their fathers. Now, fathers here just means the generations before, a stubborn and rebellious generation. Rebellion means you don't listen. Stubborn means you know you're not listening. Look at me. When I determine and, and detect somebody stubborn, I no longer waste my time talking. Because if you're wrong and you know you're wrong, but you want to watch it, but you want to prove your side, I'm done listening. Because only a fool tries to sit and prove their side to somebody that doesn't take them. I don't take sides. Verse. A stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright, but whose spirit was not faithful to God. Leave it up for a moment. Said so they didn't set their heart right. They didn't what? Set their heart right. Which means either you're setting your mind or your mind setting you heart. In scripture is the word lev, which means mind. Either you're setting it or it's setting you. Bishop, how do I know? If you wake up and you let the day run you, your heart's setting you. If you let somebody's attitude change you, what you got to learn how to do is look at attitude and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, sit, sit down, sit, sit, sit all that down because I'm not the one for that. Some of y'all need to go in your job tomorrow and say, have several seats. Don't you come in here with that. Don't you come down my robe with no gossip. Don't you come down no robe with no, well, you're just the holy roller. Baby, I jumped too. Don't come in me like that. Verse, either you set your mind or your mind sets you and whose spirit was not faithful. Spirit here is subconscious. See, you are a tripart being, your body, everybody sees. You are soul. It's your conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Your spirit is your subconscious mind. That's the you that you are without trying to be you. That's your default. That's the real you. If the real you is a liar, that's because you have a lying spirit. So if the first thing you think ain't to tell the truth but how to change it, then what you need to do tonight is get delivered from your lying spirit. Yeah, I came locked and loaded tonight. I brought a little extra with me too. So, yeah. Okay, all right. Whatever your default is, that's your spirit. That's the real you. Verse, it says, they didn't set their heart right, conscious mind, and their subconscious wasn't faithful. Look at me, look at me. God said, every little thing distracts you. You'll miss church because of your kids, not realizing this is the place your kids need to be. Y'all not saying nothing. You, 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 you'll get distracted by anything and everything. One little problem rises up. I just, I don't know no more. Don't know what? Don't know that the God that woke you up and has been waking you up, the God that's been paying your bills, the God that, what don't you know now? The same God that's been there all this time, what don't you know about him now? Why are you acting brand new now? 
But watch this. Look at the verse. It says their spirit. It says it says that their spirit. It, watch this. It wasn't faithful. Consistent. Loyal. Oh, says, watch this. Watch this. Here's verse ten. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused, bless you, to walk in his law. Amen. I can hear you. Y'all be having them little conversations you think I don't hear. I just play like I don't. There's a power in pretending like you don't hear. When you're dealing with a snake, you'll never, never know it. I just help somebody. Well, I'm not calling you a snake, by the way. Enough guy calling anybody. Because you know what's funny? I'll say something. Don't look at me. Let's we'll come to the message in a minute. What's funny is I'll say something. Somebody said, Bishop, you always say, I said, I've never said that. You interpreted what I said. I've never said that. that you, that's what you interpreted. Like, Bishop, how you always tell us, you know, God is, God is you, know, you know, you know, something. I'm like, I've never said that. <laughs> Back to the message. And they forgot his works. And his wonders that he'd shown them. Verse 11. Say they forgot his works. What have you forgotten? Did you not forget that last year you were about to have nervous breakdown? And God stepped in and said, not today. Did you not forget that when you didn't know how that note was going to get paid, God stepped it? Did you forget that when you said, God, I can't take no more? He said, baby, you can take some more. I will not allow you to come to something you do not have the ability to rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. Verse 17, but they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. Which means when things got tough, they got terrible. When things got tough, they got terrible. See, New Edition wrote a song. And the song says, sunny days. Everybody loves them. Watch the prophecy come in. But tell me, can you stand the rain? And then you know what he said? He prophesied. He says, storms. This we know for sure. He said, but I ain't studying the storm. I need to know, can you? You never know who you're really dealing with until things get tough. Other than that, you're dealing with an actor or an actress. You just don't know. So, so watch this. He says, they acted crazy with them in the wilderness. So that's why it took 40 years. Some of y'all have been in perpetual wilderness because you act crazy when things are tough. Hey, Lord, why won't you bring me out? He says, can you just give me one day where you ain't tripping with me? Can you give me one day where you don't start looking on YouTube talking about maybe I'm going to be a Muslim today. Maybe I'm going to be believe in the pyramids today. Maybe I'm going to join the Illuminati today. Maybe I'm going to do this today. Maybe I don't know. Can you give me one day where you loyal? I know this is rough, but I don't care. Touch your neighbor and say, but I'm evolving. I, I, I didn't come to make you comfortable. I came to make you evolve. I didn't come to just patty cake you and give you a bunch of sugar, high carbohydrate preaching. I came to give you some meat that you can take with you so that when the storm comes, you'll be able to be like Johnny Gill. Oh, baby, I can stand the rain. Slap your neighbor, high five, say, I was built for this. Whoa. Don't mess with me. Stop. Verse 32. We'll do that for the altar call. Verse 32. In spite of this, they still sinned. 
did not believe is one of his works. And here was their sin. Because a lot of folk in church, you think, sin, oh, they over there uh, doing this, doing that, doing that. God says, here's what they did. They came against me. And if you read the text, and they came against the leader I gave them. They kept giving Moses hell. And what Moses should have did, God gave him an opportunity to get out. I would have took it. A few years ago, I probably wouldn't have. Today, I would have took it. <laughs> Believe it. Believe me. Believe me. I would have took it. Let me tell you. God says, Moses, listen, they're great. But let me just kill them. This is what he told them. And me and you start over. I'll start fresh with you, Moses. Because Moses, what they don't know is they're not the secret sauce. You are. I called you Moses. I pulled them out. And they got part of your benefits package. So, Moses, if they won't get with you, let's start over. You know what Moses said, Lord? Lord, I, what will the nation say? And God was like, kill him too. <laughs> I'll wipe them all out. That wouldn't be my first time. That's knowing them. And you know what he ended up doing? Moses, Moses ended up saying, God, I don't want that deal. Let me work with them. He said, Moses, they're unfaithful to me. If they treat me like that, Moses, what do you think they're going to do to you? But fine, Moses, since you're the, the, the crazy whisperer, since you're the rebellion whisperer, some of y'all don't know what that means, the whisperer, but the people who think they have a special way to communicate with people. Some of y'all got friends like that? Now, let, let me talk to them. Let me talk to them. Everybody know they crazy, but you, you're the only one who thinks you're actually talking sense to them. You ain't talking sense to them. You just talk them down. And so Moses said, let me just work with the people some more. Okay, that's fine. All right, God says, okay, good luck with that, Moses. Just remember the deal I offered you because it's not coming back. Got it. And you know what happened? They went in. Moses, God said, you ain't going in the promised land. I can only imagine Moses like, I should have left these people when I had the chance. You know, he didn't get to have his Angela Bassett moment with the clothes in the car on fire. He didn't get to do that. He didn't get to exhale. He just was <laughs> still waiting. Touch your neighbor and say, I refuse to keep waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 33. Therefore, their days he consumed in futility and their years in fear. Here's the consequence, church. Here's the consequence of the children of Israel's action. God loved them. They just didn't really love him. Their days were spent in futility and their years in fear. Futility means they kept going in circles. Fear meant they were scared about the circles they were going in. I don't know what decision to make. You're going in a circle. Now, think about that. Can we ask an honest question? Let's just, just have a moment of reality. How many of us, there are certain areas of our life they have gone in a circle? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Until tonight. Because I prophesy you coming out of that tonight. Not Thursday, not Friday, not Saturday, tonight. By the time this word is over, your cycle shall end, your circle shall end. You're coming up out of Psalm 78. Somebody say the chapter's changing for me. Look, look at this, look at this. Verse 34. When he slew them, they slaughtered him. Sought him, excuse me. And they returned and sought earnestly for God. God says the only time they listen is when they, is when they get hurt. The only time they listen is when they lose. The only time that they hear is when they hurt. Think about that. Now, 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 think about areas of your life where that's been the story. 
You know you needed to do something and you refused to do it. And you're like, I'm going to do it, 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 I'm going to do it. And then it got to the point to where you hurt so you had to. Okay? And you said, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord knew it was going to take that. How about you change the story to where it doesn't take that? It's quiet in the church. Verse 35, then they remembered that God was their rock and the most high God, their redeemer. Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth and they lied to him with their tongue. What was the lie? We love you, Lord. We, we love you, Jesus. But you lying. You lying. You lying. I know you lying. You know I know you lying? Your tongue is moving. See verse 36? Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth. They said all kind of great things. Oh, we just bless you. Oh, great, awesome father. Yahweh. Jehovah Jireh. My provider. Ah, praise him. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Jesus is like. I can imagine the conversations. Like, Michael, come here. Look. Look what they're talking about. You ever call somebody over to look at something on your phone? Come here, look. That's what heaven was doing. Because heaven said, their actions don't back up their words. And I don't care that they made mistakes. I care that they don't care that they made mistakes. Okay, watch this. Y'all still here? Their heart was not steadfast or faithful. No, they're faithful in this covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. After all of that, God had compassion, forgave their iniquity, that's generational sin, and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time, and I don't even know if I'll be able to finish the message because of that, that phrase right there. Many a time, he turned his anger away. See, see, see I, don't, I don't know about you, but I already know I've had a many a time where he could have hurt me, but he decided to see past my fault. And see to my need. And the hurt I deserved, he did not allow. Because you think it was bad. No, he blocked it from what it really should have been. You should have lost everything. You should have lost your mind. You should have been dead now. You should have gotten in that accident. You should be six feet under. But many a time, is there anybody that can give God a 30-second praise for the many a Many a time. Many a time. I... He, he said, I can't even count how much times that it's been, but it's been a many a time. Oh! For he remembered, verse 39, they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and doesn't come again. Look at verse 40. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. 41, yes, again and again they tempted God and limited him. Check this out. Look at me. Here's a keystone principle. What's keystone? Very important. They limited God to the extent they listened. Again. They limited God to the extent they listened. If you want greater things to happen in your life, you have to listen greater. Now this is, I know it's simple, but a lot of Christians, if I know it, I just want to go deep. God is like, baby, just master level one. You talking about you want to go into the third realm and the third heaven and all this, you want a deeper revelation? Show up on time. 
when you can be on time. That's some homework, all I understand what I'm saying. I'm, I'm talking about them folks that church started at 9.15. They don't work on Sunday, didn't work Saturday night. They wake up at 9.05. Ooh, let me get to the 9.15, man. Ooh, and just walking slow, too. You ever had somebody that's late and they walking slow? And you're like, so you're going to walk this slow and you know you're late? This is offensive. Walk in about 10.45. Oh, Bishop already preaching. Baby, you know. I'm up preaching. Think about it. Think about it. I'm not beating this up. Well, my point is, is sometimes you want to go deeper, and the reality is you haven't listened to surface level. You haven't listened to level one, so why go to level two? Think about it. You can't do that on a video game. You, you can't. Apple won't even let you get to your phone without going through some basic questions. Like, I just want to turn the phone on. No, tell us what country you're in. <laughs> I just need to make a call. No, tell us, do you want us to set this up as a new one? Or would you like us to restore this from a previous iCloud backup? And they're like, I just need you to hurry up and restore it. No, you're not on Wi-Fi. <laughs> if you listen to Apple, why is it so difficult for you to listen to the Alpha and the Omega? Stephen tells a similar recount that causes the convergence of, because you're like, Bishop, that's the children of Israel. That's not me. Mm -mm. Stephen says in Acts 7.38 that that's the church in the wilderness. So everywhere we see them, we see us. Because we are the church. Wherever we go, we are the church. The church is us. The church isn't a building. The church is a people. The church is not a monument. The church is a movement. So wherever we are, we are the church. That's us. So that means when we read Psalm 78, that's us. Now, think about this. The real problem, I told you on Sunday, was that they never really loved God. They loved what he did for them. They liked him a lot. And it was a very tough revelation because what started this path of this message is I said, Lord, why are there certain things with people? I said, Lord, I, you know, I invest in people. I build people. I train people. I've been doing that for some time. I said, Lord, why do I keep going over the same things with certain people over and over and over and over again? I said, I just don't understand it. He said, son, you want the truth? And I said, Lord, no, it's a rhetorical question, sir. He said, I'll tell you why. Because they don't love you. That's why you have to repeat it. Because they just don't love you. I said, oh. Wow. You're deep. He said, but they said they did. He said they told me too. Did you get Psalm 78? He said, why are you expecting from people what they don't give to me? I have the power to put them up, down, left, right, take them down, put them. I can do all of that. And he did that to me. And so, and so he said, son, I need you to teach my people how to love me. Hence today's message title. I need to set you up just to get you to the title. Teach them how to love me. Oh, I want to be loved. They don't get to love me how they want to love me. Okay, watch this. Uh, it's like a married man. Okay. If, if he receives love through physical touch and you sitting here writing notes, save the note and just, hey, hey, babe, married man. And some of y'all like, yeah, you ain't married, so just stop. Don't you be giving up that milk for free. Nobody will purchase the cow. 
nobody's buying it. Well, we got, okay, you think you're the whisperer. <laughs> okay. It's the Bible. You don't have to like it. It's right. Song says, I know the Bible is right. Oh, y'all don't know. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. We're New School Church. So the other line is, somebody's wrong. So, because <laughs> it got real quiet. <laughs> Didn't nobody say nothing. So it, it says, I know the Bible is right. Somebody's wrong. And then the verse goes, I didn't told you once. I didn't told you twice. You can't go to heaven with a girlfriend and a wife. I do that's, the, that's the song, church. That's, you know it? You know, okay. All right, all right. That's the song. I think the next verse is like, I told you time and time again, you can't go to heaven if you're sipping gin. So when I guess Elijah ain't getting in because he was sure sitting up under that juniper tree. So let me be clear. The song was just a song. It was a joke. So don't take that as your notes. Like, can't make it to heaven. Because <laughs> then that would take part of your role would just be out. Thank God. Time and time again. Many and many a time. Now, here it is. <laughs> now, they, lo they love what he did for them. They didn't love him. And part of that, and I give you three reasons, and I want to go deeper tonight in those reasons, and then we're done. You learn in church? First, uh, in our culture, the issue that, uh, especially as it relates to fathers, 2 Corinthians 6, 18, God says, I'll be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. God says, you're, I'm daddy, you're son, daughter. But how do you do that if you've never seen that modeled properly? God personifies himself in the very form of something most people are unfamiliar with. Okay, so the issue in American culture is that in America, most relationships with fathers are transactional, not relational. It's a transaction. It's like going to a bank. Here's my slip. Give me something. Bye. Next time I need something, boom, bye. Okay, if I want relationship in our culture, you often go to the mother. And that's, that's out of order. The book says, I'll be a father to you. You should be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. That's why Solomon, when Solomon was teaching his son, Solomon said, listen, because here's the problem the sons had. Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines, which were girlfriends, live-in girlfriends. And then, now one of them messed him up, Pharaoh's daughter. That's the one. She messed him up. The rest of them aren't even named. They're a number. The one that's named is Pharaoh's daughter. He said, because how is it that you, well, I'll leave it on. He, he was saying, he said, Pharaoh's daughter is the thing that's going to take you down, Solomon. You're wise, but you're a bad picker. So that one woman ended up taking him down. Now, now think about this. So Solomon teaches his sons, though, because he's wise. He's just not in that area. So you can be good at math and not good at science. Some of you think because you can pray good, that means you're good at everything else. You got some other areas you got to sometimes strengthen. Sometimes you think because you know how to bounce back fast that that means you know how to now fall down. So, so what happens is, uh, Solomon says to his sons, I'll teach you wisdom. And he says, sons, the wisdom I teach you should be your mother. He says, so I'm going to give you a mother that will nurture you. It will be what I taught you. So when I'm absent, son, what I taught you will nurture you. Okay? He said, because you need to deal with me relationally, relationally as your father. Now, Malachi 1.6, here's the issue. Watch what God says, Malachi. Ma somebody say, Malachi. Malachi. Now, now uh, God says, I want to be your father. Issue with American culture is that we often interact with fathers how? Transactionally, not relationally. It's a transaction. 
So here's the issue, Malachi 1.6. A son honors his father, a servant his master. Watch what God says. If I'm your father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my, then it goes to verse 7, reverence, says the Lord of hosts. Look at me. God says the issue of to fix this father issue, and we dealt with it at 11.15 much differently than we did at the 9.15 on Sunday. So how do I fix that, Bishop? You honor God in all ways, all days. I, I know that sounds simple, and it is. But sometimes we struggle at the simple. Uh, uh, sometimes you got to go back to the basics. You know, if you got a failing football team, go back to step one. This is a football. This is a field. And the player's like, we know that, coach. Evidently not, because you don't win. So apparently there's some disconnect here. Stop thinking you don't need to go back over certain things and stop thinking, oh, I don't need to listen to that message anymore. No, evidently you do because you're losing. But tonight. Now, now, uh, how do I fix this relational thing? I honor God in all ways and all days. Honor is God's love language. You want to know how to make him start smiling? Honor him. Honor moves God. You study your scripture. People would do crazy things. He, he said, Hezekiah, I'm going to kill you. It's over. I'm done with you. Next. Hezekiah went repented. The Bible says he turned his face to the wall. He repented. And the Bible says he humbled himself. And he honored the Lord. And do you know what God said? Fine, Hezekiah. 15 more years. Love you too. Honor did that. Study your scripture. When honor was present, he would often stay the hand of hurt. For some of you, you have an honor problem. You don't honor any man. You don't honor any leader. You think you got your truth, and that's why you keep going into hurt. You're so intent on fighting to protect yourself, you don't even realize you're the most vulnerable. I know it. You are so busy trying to, I got to protect me. I got to fight for me. No one fights for me. And God is like, try that with me. Put your hands down. Put your hands down. I got you. You see, some of y'all right now, you're just sitting there just, that's real nice. That's real nice, Bishop. That's true. That's true. You come into God's presence guarded. Come into church guarded. In praise and worship guarded. Everybody lift your hands. You ain't hurt nobody but yourself. Touch your neighbor. I'm not touching you. I'm new. It's my first time. I'm from Denver. We don't touch people. You hurting yourself. You ain't hurt me. I'm good. <laughs> Believe that. He's been mighty fine. Mighty good. So, so, so honor is God's love language. Honor him in all ways, all day. So when you're about to do something, think, does this honor God or not? Does this honor God or not? Does being sloppy honor God or no? Does being, being undependable, does that honor God? You can tell people who have dishonored you behind your back because they can't look at you to your face. <laughs> honor is his love language. That's how you fix it. God says, you want relationship with me? Honor me. Think about it. I think about even in the scripture uh, with, with Isaac. He was giving to give the blessing. He saw in Jacob, and he says, uh, son, go make me. Uh, make me some, make me some food that is pleasing to my soul. 
the son goes and gets him and says, Father, does this please you? In American culture, we don't do that. We're trying to please self. That's what I want to do. Here's my offering, Lord. I hope it's acceptable. God is like, look, Cain, I don't want that. That ain't what I asked for. You give me what you want, not what I asked for. I asked for excellence. Uh, today, I'll tell you, today is an um, international holiday. And <laughs> now, uh, stop. <laughs> okay. No, stop. All right, okay. Now, now people, um, pe- people, people say, oh, I couldn't do this, I couldn't do this, I couldn't do this. Today, um, to celebrate something with me today, um, individual got on a plane, a bishop got on a plane. Got, he's preaching in his church right now. He got on a plane and said, Bishop, I'm, I'm going to be in the airport more time than I'll actually be on the ground. But I need to come to show honor to you. Now, and then that got me to thinking. I said, then you got, you know, different folks who, you know, I'm like, huh. When you see excellent honor, it makes you realize that there's just certain other areas of honor. It's like, that just ain't going to do no more. Honor moves God. Say, honor moves God. I was honored because I said, wow, they called a plane. They're going to be in the airport more than they're going to be on the ground just to show honor. Other folk drove hours to just spend a few minutes to say, you just need to show honor. Honor. Somebody say honor. Honor moves God. What does honor mean? Let me make it simple. It's making what's important to the one I'm honoring important to me. So it's not, well, I know you don't like white paper, but I bought you some white paper. That's not honor. I didn't ask you for no white paper. I don't like white paper. Now, <laughs> this is an example. Some of you are like, well, <laughs> let me put my notebook away. No, I'm just playing. No, I'm just making an example, right? It's not honor when you do what you want to do and say, I hope you like it because that's what I wanted to do. Well, it's not honor if it's not what I want. That's how God works. You got that? All right, number two. I said that the issue we have with God, and the text tells us, is that their heart was far from God. So how, how do we fix that? So how do we fix that, Bishop? Move your heart near him in every movement. And you need Sunday's message so you can figure out, because you're like, where is Bishop at? You need to go Sunday. Move your heart near him in every movement. Isaiah 29, 13. Therefore, the Lord says, inasmuch as these people draw near me with their minds and mouths and honor me with their lips, their hearts, they have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. Two things. How many? First thing, he says, they move their heart. And they only reverence me. Fear there means reverence because somebody told them to. They only say that because I told them to, not because it's in their heart to do. If I have to use the Bible to compel you to do something, it's because your heart isn't near him. If you got to sit your spouse down and say, now the Bible says you're supposed to be treating me right. That's over. Why do I have to use the book to compel you to do what should be in your heart? I'll tell you why. Your heart's not with me. Shouldn't need to be a, because watch this, watch this. Let's think about a company, company, okay? If your heart's in your, and when I say heart, your mind, if your mind's in your job, if they say today 
everybody, we're going to paint all these black. He said, okay, cool, we're painting them black today. Then tomorrow they say, no, nah, we're painting them all pink. Now, uh, we just painted them black. You clearly just come for a check. Your heart's not there. Because if your heart was there, you'd say, it's my pleasure to do whatever it is that we need to do. So if they're pink today, they'll be pink today. And if you say make them till tomorrow, we'll make them till tomorrow. But you know what we do in American culture? We don't do that in American culture. American culture says, I'm trying to get home. To do what? Nothing. It's quiet in here. And then you'd be like, Lord, just please bless me with my own business. And God's like, what? For you? If you can't be faithful building another man's, the scripture says, who would give you your own? Y'all ain't saying amen tonight. Say amen. There's a preacher used to come on TV. He's, he's passed away to be with the Lord now. And when he would preach, he'd, um, he'd, the people wouldn't say nothing to him. And so he'd make sure they say. So he said this. He says, if you believe it, say amen. Anybody say it real fast. If you believe it, say amen. And you see, see, I said it so fast you didn't get it. He said, if you believe it, say amen. If you believe it, say amen. <laughs> he says, they move their heart. So what do I have to do? He says, they move their heart from me. I had it. Let's pretend like this is your heart. And your heart is your what in scripture? Mine. Their mind was with me. I was on their mind. When they woke up, they thought, how am I going to honor God today? How am I going to please God today? And they got distracted. So then they moved it over here. Then they got laid off. Then they moved it over here. Then they lost the car. Then they moved it over here. Then they got betrayed. <laughs> then they moved it over here. <laughs> got it? And then they came to church that one day and said, I'm going to evolve. They moved it over there. But then they had one bad day after they said it was going to be the best day of their life. So now, I ain't even on the screen no more. Check it out. The, check out the principal church. God says they moved their heart from me. I didn't move anywhere. They moved. The reason I feel distant is because they moved. So we have to move our heart near him in every movement. Somebody says, well, Bishop, how do I do that? Third point, we're done, church. I said to you this uh, on Sunday, that the issue we had with the Lord and loving him is that we didn't do what he said to do. Remember that? So how do I move my heart near him in every movement? You let the messages direct your movement. I know this is super simple, but we got to get this. We got to get this. John 14, 15. If you love me, if you what? What? Not strong like. Not really appreciate. You all appreciate it. No. If you love me, do what, church? Do what I said. Amen. 
keep my commandments. Now, when you hear commandments, your mind automatically jumps to Ten Commandments. That's not just what it's talking about. That's good. But he says, what did I say do? Do it. You know, their problem, they never did what he said to do, church, except under the threat of punishment. If you don't do this, I'm going to fire you. You know what that really means? You don't want to do it, so you're not here anyhow. Sometimes you get scared of people walking out of your life, and you don't realize they've already left. I got delivered from this um, this year, very, very recently, um, because, because, because of this principle. Because, because here's the real deal. If, if the only reason you take an action is under threat, it's because you've already departed and moved your heart. So even in your life with friendships and all that, you got to look, if you don't call me back in 20 minutes, I'm telling you, they're gone. Everything you do after that is prolonging what has already been made clear. This is a very freeing principle. Set me free. I said, the greatest stresses are trying to convince those that have already moved their heart. And it's far from me. So they have to move it back. I can't do that. So it's a waste of my time to have a meeting, to have a discussion, to have a, I don't do it with friends, I don't do it with y'all, I ain't doing it with nobody. Move your heart if you want to. Because it's a waste of my energy to move a heart I can't control. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So notice what God says. He says, they moved their hearts for me. Notice what he didn't say, and I'm going to grab it back. I'm going to go snatch them. No, he said, they're going to have to move it back. Because I didn't move. I'm right here. And God says, on a perfect day, I know that I can count on you. But when that's not possible, Touch your neighbor and say, God is good. But when that's not possible, tell me, can you weather the storm? <laughs> now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Seriously. Seriously. That was a good close, though. That would have closed very good, though. <laughs> Think about this, church. Think about this. Think about this. Um, is what you're doing loving Jesus the way he wants to be loved? Or are you giving him a little leftovers and saying, I hope you like it, and you wouldn't take it from your worst enemy? We have got to be a people that are so focused on honoring God and loving him the way he wants to be loved. And here's what's happened. When you do that, everything else in your life comes in order. Everything in your life fixes. But when we don't do that, we go through the same cycles and same circles. So I am going to close with these prophetic lyrics. No soloist. <laughs> Good job, Dustin. He says, he says, I need somebody 
who will stand by me through the good times and the bad times. They will always be, always be right there. Talking about A. This is supposed to be a very, very spiritual moment. <laughs> no, what's this? What's this? What's this? Seriously. 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 <laughs> what I love about our church is we'll have fun in church, won't we? I said, won't we? And you got to have fun in church. Who goes to church to look like you were baptized in pickle juice? Just stank and angry. Got to have fun in church. Look. Say, I love Jesus the way he wants to be loved. I'll honor him in all ways, all days. I'll move my heart near him in every movement. The messages will direct my movements. So when you come to church, you come to church and say, what needs to move? What needs to go closer? What needs to change? What needs to be different? I'm listening for movements to make, not just inspiration. A lot of folks, if you grew up in church, you heard this saying, child, we had church. And here's what they really meant. They shouted and did nobody change. They danced and did nobody change. They ran and did nobody change. But I declare that we are a people of evolution from the inferior to the superior. Watch this. And I may not be where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. You know why? I learned how to stand the rain, and I learned how to keep pressing, and I learned how to keep going. Paul said it like this. He says, this one thing I've learned how to do, I forget those things that are behind me, but I press. I need somebody to do it with me, but I press. I had some failures, but I made some mistakes, but I may have stumbled, but I'm I may have fallen, but I, I may have messed up, but I, I may have got down to my back, but I'm, somebody say, I'm pressing, giving praise all in this place tonight. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Oh, come on now. You know you deserve it. A steak patty on any McDonald's breakfast sandwich. I mean any breakfast sandwich. Biscuit, McMuffin, Bagel, McGriddles, a juicy steak patty on any breakfast sandwich. And when you order through the app, buy one and get one free. Now go get them. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu.